Today's reading is from 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 11. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires. They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situation, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord. The righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demos, because he loved this world, has has deserted me and has gone to Desolonosia. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Demacia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Amen. Humankind has always had a bit of a fascination with people's final words. Famous last words are are a thing where we want to know what kind of wisdom did this person have before they passed away? What kind of wisdom did they want to share with us as they passed on? Several years ago, I had a a close friend that I had walked with through hospice. And as she got very close to the end, one of the things that she had wanted to do was to write little notes for those that were closest to her so they would have these messages after she had passed. And then I had the privilege, the honor, to deliver those at her memorial service, her celebration of life. And those words were such an encouragement for those people. It just, their face just lit up, and they were, wow, wow, she felt this way about me. Words that she couldn't say face to face, but she wanted them to know. And it it was powerful, those final words that she had for them. Now, that's what Paul is, is doing here. He's nearing the end of his ministry, and he knows that the end is coming soon. And so he wants to tell others the good news. But there's one person in this text this morning that doesn't really get good news. Demas has deserted Paul. He was a quitter. Paul says, Demas has deserted me. Because he loves the things of his life. 
He quit his friendship with Paul. He quit the ministry of serving. Demas quit on God. But you know what? He wasn't always a quitter. He started out strong. He started out so well. Listen to these other words that Paul said about Demas. In Philemon, verses 23 and 24, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. Demas is called a co-worker, a fellow co-laborer with Paul. But then the next time Demas is mentioned, it's in Colossians 4, starting in verse 7. Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother, a faithful helper. I'm also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. In verse 10, he speaks of Aristarchus and Mark, Barnabas' cousin. And Jesus, the one called Justice. He said, these are the only Jewish believers among my co-workers. They are working with me here for the kingdom of God. And what a comfort they have been. Epaphras, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. And he finishes up, Paul says, Luke, the beloved doctor, sends his greetings. And so does Demas. After a list of commendations for men serving with Paul, it ends with, and Demas. Nothing more. No accolades. No praise. Just the mere mention of his name. He was there. Nothing kind to say about him. You see, something has changed for Demas. And Paul sees evidence of this change by no longer offering praise for his work. Paul already sees Demas starting to pull away. And so that's why in Paul's final greeting with Timothy that we have this morning as our text, it's really the closing chapter for Demas. Demas has deserted me. Because he loves the things of this life, and he's gone to Thessalonica. How does one go from being the fellow laborer of Paul, a co-worker of Paul in ministry, to a quitter? It says Demas became a lover of the things of the world. How does one go from following Christ to quitting Christ? One way is because we let ourselves get tired. We let ourselves become too weary. Life is burdensome. It's hard. Jesus told us in John 16, I've told you these things so you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble. 
But take heart, I've overcome the world. You see, we find our rest in Jesus. When God created the world, it says that he rested on the seventh day. That wasn't because God needed to rest. He was setting an example for us because we needed the rest. We find rest when we set time apart to be alone with God. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 29 says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I want to read you the message translation of that because it's powerful. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, says Jesus. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Are we keeping company with the one who gives us rest? Are we keeping company with the one who can refresh us and restore us? We all get tired. When I was going through my my cancer battle years back, I had had the surgery, I had gone home after a few days, and I had still, I was getting poked and prodded with needles and hadn't even started the chemotherapy and radiation at that point, but I was tired. And I was going through a series of seizures that the doctors couldn't figure out, and so they said, you need to bring her back to the emergency room. I said, oh, I don't want to go back. And so I'm sitting in the emergency room in the bed, and they're sticking me with needles again. Oh, we need some more of this. We need blood for this. We need blood for that. We're gonna... So I'm sitting there back in bed after brain surgery and all of that other fun stuff, and I'm just sitting there, tubes and all. And Jay happened to be in the room with me, and I looked over at him. And I said, I'm done. I looked at him. I said, I quit. I said, I can't do this. I'm tired. And he looked back at me, and he said, don't you ever say that again. Don't you ever say I quit. This is God's battle. You go to him. Do you take this to him? I had to find my company and rest in Jesus. You see, what I was doing was trying to be strong for everyone else in my own strength. 
because I hadn't been spending the time with the Lord that I needed to. Honestly, there was an element of pride in that, in the idea that I'm strong enough to get through this. I was only strong enough as long as I kept company with the Lord and depended on his strength to get me through. That's when I said deliberate times with the Lord into each and every day. I didn't start my day unless I started it with him. I didn't finish the day without finishing it with him. See, when we keep company with the Lord, that's when we hear him say, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep going. Maybe Demas quit. Because he became discouraged. He was discouraged over his work. Maybe he couldn't see progress. Maybe he couldn't see the fruit of his labor. Do you ever feel like the work you do is just in vain? You put hours and hours into work, and then they pass over you and give that promotion to someone else. You work as hard as you can as part of a team. And then someone else gets the recognition and the thanks. You see, in those moments, we need to remember who we ultimately work for. Paul writes to the Colossians in chapter 3, verse 23, he says this, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord, rather than for people. He says it again in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, work with enthusiasm, as though you were working for the Lord, rather than for people. You see, as followers of Christ, we work and serve others, because ultimately we work for and serve the Lord. When we lose sight of that, discouragement settles in. And when discouragement takes over, so does our desire to quit. And while our earthly bosses might tell us to quit and move on, our heavenly master says, don't quit. The best is yet to come. Paul reminds the Galatians in chapter 6, verse 9, let's not Let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't quit. Maybe Demas quit because he was looking too closely at the people around him instead of Jesus. Maybe he was looking around instead of looking up. Oftentimes, we let the expectations that we put on others and the disappointments we experience because of that get in the way of our relationship with Jesus. People will always disappoint us. We're human. And if we base our life of faith on the behavior of others, we're going to get discouraged. We'll get disappointed, and we'll come to a place where we want to quit. 
Jesus will never disappoint us. The writer of Hebrews tells us in chapter 12, Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus, not others. Jesus was the author and finisher of our faith, not those around us. Jesus endured the cross for us, not our fellow Christians. The Lord did. There was a lady who went to her pastor one day, and she said to him, she said, I'm quitting the church. I won't be coming back anymore. And the pastor asked her why. She said, well, she said, I see people on their cell phones during service. I see people gossiping during service. She said, and some of those people just aren't, living right. They're all hypocrites, she said. So the pastor got silent, and he thought for a moment. He said, okay, but can I ask you to do one thing before you make your final decision to quit? And she said, sure, what? He said, take this full glass of water. He said, I, I want you to walk around the church two times, and don't let any of the water fall out. She said, sure, I can do that. And so she went into the sanctuary, and, and she did that. And she came back, she handed the glass to the pastor, and she said, here, it's done. And the pastor asked her three questions. Did you see anybody on their cell phones? No, she replied. Second question he asked, did you see anybody gossiping? Again, she said, no. He said, well, finally, did you see anybody that you would classify as, as living wrong? And she said, you know what? She said, I didn't see anything because I was so focused on this glass so that the water wouldn't fall. And he said to her, when you come to church, you should be just that focused on God so you don't fall. That's why Jesus said, come and follow me. He didn't say, come and follow other Christians. We're not to be looking to others to validate our faith with the Father. We can't let our relationship with God be determined by how others relate with God. Our relationship with God should be determined only by how focused we are on him. When we take our eyes off Jesus, it's easy to say, I quit. But with our eyes focused on Jesus, we find one who will never let us down. 
We find one who will never disappoint us. One who will never let us fail. You will hear him say, don't quit. Maybe Demas quit because of the persecution he was facing. Paul experienced death threats. He was in prison for much of his ministry for the sake of Christ. Maybe it became unbearable for Demas. Across the globe today, Christians face persecution for their faith, in some cases losing their life for their faith. That's hard for us to grasp. Our persecution may involve being treated unfairly, being mocked, ridiculed, in some cases rejected by others for our faith. But this is what Peter tells the Christians for suffering. In 1 Peter chapter 4, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials. They make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, You will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. In our suffering for Christ, we identify with Christ. The great preacher John Wesley, he was familiar with persecution for the cause of Christ. He traveled on horseback through the meadows and the mountains to preach the gospel. Everywhere he went, he was ridiculed. He was disrupted. He was heckled. On some occasions, they even threw rotten vegetables at him. But then there was that one time, a brick hit him in the forehead just above his eye. And very calmly, very gently, he pulled out a handkerchief and wiped the blood away and continued on with his sermon. But then there was that one day Wesley was riding his horse through the wilderness, and it dawned on him that three days had passed, and there was no mocking. There was no persecution. There was no opposition at all. Not a brick, not an egg had been thrown at him in three days. And upon this realization, he got alarmed. He hopped off his horse. He got on his knees. And he started praying, God, show me where, if anything, where have I faulted in my life? Where is there fault in my relationship with you, Lord? Show me, please. And at that moment, there was a thief on the other side of the hedge who recognized the great preacher and thought to himself, oh, I'll get that guy. He picked up a brick and he threw it at the preacher. He missed and landed next to John Wesley. But in that moment, John Wesley leapt to his feet joyfully, exclaiming, Thank you, Lord. I know now that I still have your presence. We don't like to hurt. We don't like to be in harm's way. 
We avoid pain at all cost. And so when suffering comes, we prefer to get out of it. We would rather quit than suffer. We forget what the Apostle Paul said about suffering. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed. For the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. And when the Spirit of God rests upon you, you'll hear him say, don't quit. Hang on. It's interesting that before Paul speaks of Demas quitting, he warns Timothy of all the ways that he too could be led to quit. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not, he says. Are we keeping company with the one who gives us rest? Are we keeping company with the one who refreshes and restores us? Because without that rest, we will become weary. And when we get weary, we hear the voice of the world over the voice of God. And the world will tell us, quit, quit, give it up. The Lord's telling us, don't quit, don't give up. In verse 3, Paul tells Timothy, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you keep a clear mind in every situation. Are we letting the expectations that we put on others and the disappointments that we experience because of them, get in the way of our relationship with the Lord. Because when our disappointments and our discouragements grab our focus, the voice of the world gets louder. Walk away. Give up. Quit. But when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we hear him say, don't quit. Well done. Keep going. And then finally, Paul tells Timothy, Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. Fully carry out the ministry God has given you. When life hurts, when the challenges come, Are we running away from God? Or are we running to God? Because if we're running away from God, you're not going to hear him say, don't quit. If you run to him, his arms are open wide. Come, child. I'll give you the strength to keep going. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep going. I'm here with you. If you've found yourself in a place where you've already quit something, 
Paul's letter has good news for you. Because in verse 11, he says, Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. You know, Mark was a quitter once, too. On Paul's first missionary journey in Acts 13, it's recorded, Paul and his companions left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia. They landed at the port of Perga, and there John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. And we hear of Mark's quitting again in Acts chapter 15. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. But in this letter to Timothy, it's clear that Mark came back. For Paul to accept him back into the ministry, Mark would have repent, had to have repented of his ways, recognized the work of God as the best thing for him. We've all failed at one time or another. We've all quit at one time or another. But it doesn't have to define us. We serve a God of love. We serve a God of mercy and grace. He stands before us, arms open wide, just waiting for you to come back. Maybe you're thinking of quitting something this morning. Are you in a challenge that is so hard? You're tired. Lord, I'm weary. The Lord would tell you, don't quit. Don't give up. Seek him. Seek his power. He has the strength to keep you going. Have you thought about giving up on that friend, that loved one who needs to come to Jesus? The Lord will tell you, don't quit. Don't give up. Look to Jesus for the mercy and grace that he bestowed upon you so that you can pour it out on your loved one. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We don't need to quit. We have a Lord who wants to walk with you. We have a Lord who wants to strengthen you. He's just waiting for you to come. The Lord says, don't quit. Don't give up. That world out there, it's only going to cause you to stumble. But the Lord will strengthen you. 
The Lord will help you. The Lord will uphold you. Don't quit. Don't give up. 